telling you is a dumbass. Stupid. Makes me want to say Hey y'all, how you guys doing? This is Damio. Hello, hello, hello. I am Erica Mona. And this is Cross Cross Culture. Culture. Back at it again with another episode. Another one. We really hope you guys enjoyed the episode that we dropped last week, the immigration episode, giving us a little piece of us about the whole cross-culture journey and experience. Mm-hmm. If you haven't checked that out, please make sure you're listening to all of our back catalog, because, baby, we got a lot. Okay, we got a catalog, boy. It's definitely giving catalog. But how are you, girl? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Tell us about your week highlights. I am feeling amazing, everybody. Um, My highlight is I'm literally just getting back from vacation. Where'd you go? I went to Turks and Caicos. Okay, not Caicos. It's Turks and Caicos, you know. um, We're used to calling it Turks and Caicos, but the people of the land let us know that it is pronounced Turks and Caicos. Okay. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I feel like. You know, on the on the downside of things, I had an eye infection slash sty while I was on vacation. Okay, what's the difference between eye infection and sty? What's a sty? A sty is um, it's kind of it's a form of a infection in a way, but really what it is is kind of like blocked tear ducts. Okay. Um, so it's blocked tear ducts, so there's like an inflammation in the backup mm-hmm. of what could not come out. Mm. An infection is a little bit more bacterial. So that that was the difference. So I just you got both. I suffered. Yeah. That's all I know. I suffered, but we thank God. I am on antibiotics. Um, getting that healed. I feel much better to be able to he- be here and record with you all today. Awesome. Well, we thank God. Thank God that you're okay, Daddy. I didn't take you out. Gee, I was like a, a two days away from being like, damn, this shit gonna take my eyesight. Damn. Uh, yeah. Whenever you have any eye infection or injury, it's quite painful. Yes. And, like, to feel like, damn, if I don't have my eye. Like, you know, like, you know, even as you said, like, you wake up, you, your eye is, like, gooey Sticky and stuck. And it's just, like, together. you know, it's a form of darkness. You're just, like, I can't open my eyes. Uh-huh. Girl, God forbid, God forbid. Okay. Facts. How about you? Um, You know what? You know, you know, I feel like the last couple of episodes, I'm, like, I've been working out. I, I slacked off. I ain't gonna lie. I think I went like more. You know when you go like more than three days off, it's like oh, oh yeah, okay. it'd be hard. Get back in there. Exactly. But I picked it back up. I picked yeah. it back up. So I think my highlight is the fact that I, I talked myself into like, okay, you, you slacked off for whatever reason. You know what I'm saying? You be like that, but pick it back up. So I'm I'm back to being sore. Okay, I'm back to being sore now. So I'm glad that I was able to like you know because it's also a lot of like mental. You know, mental yes. work. So much mental work. And I work. think that's what even makes it the hardest when it comes to working now or when it comes to life in general. Um, 
And I think I, I would say my highlight that I've been consistently getting my nails done. Yes. I feel like at least once or twice a month I get it done. Mm-hmm. So that feels good. Like, I'm, no matter what, I'm just like, I'm going to squeeze it in and get it Do done. Do something for yourself. Okay. Um, so that has been good so far. So just, you know, that, I feel like that has been my highlights. And my son, he's talking more. We were praying and he said, amen. I'm like, yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Um, so that has been my highlights Look so at him far. Learning the words of the Lord. Okay, living his life according to God's path. Okay. Um, but definitely that has been the highlight. So do you do you ever be nervous? Like, damn, I hope I don't raise a lame. Like, how do I raise my child to be like not necessarily a cool kid, but like not a lame? Nah, isn't a DNA girl? Hell no. Ah, isn't a DNA? I, I don't even think of like I'm not to say like oh maybe I was the cool girl per se, but. Just even see him as a child, like he in the lame. No, for real, because like, you never my know. Son is be- not lame, you know. Um, maybe he may have his awkward stage, but no. Okay, good. He's not lame, and I think not to be superficial, but he's super cute. He's yeah. a tall kid. You know what I'm saying? He has long hair. <laughs> so I'm like the, typ- you know, the typical things that would not make one a lame. And of course, pers- I think, you know, being a lame is also about personality too, mm-hmm. not just about looks. But he's social and he's sweet and he's friendly. Um, so it doesn't give lame vibes at all. No, no, you no. Know? I'm not saying it gives lame vibes. Like, I no, don't I think get what lame, you're saying. No, yeah. I get what you're saying. So no, that's not a fear okay. at all. Um, no, I have, I mean, I have maybe other concerns. I think he may go through like an awkward stage or maybe yeah. a stage of like, where people like understand who he is oh, yeah, and things sure. like that. Um, but not a lane, but I guess it depends on what do you mean by it? What's a lane? What's a lane? No. Cause I feel like you don't ever want to be that person that like overly shelters or overly instills Fact. the good in a kid. Like Fact. not to say that you shouldn't raise your child to be a good person, yeah, a good yeah. kid. But sometimes I feel like we can overly enforce like goody goody two shoes. You right. You right. And it's like, damn, that may you know, there's a certain level of like, damn, live a little. You know what? People do used to think I was a lame mind. Not that I well not that you say that. Yeah. I think back to because you remember Kiki, um, we had a mutual friend and, you know, her mutual friend's like, oh, Erica's cool. Erica did this and that. She used to do that. And, you know, she's like, Erica's a lame. No, she don't do stuff like that. But it's like, girl, this is I don't be out here what I do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But because of the dad he has, you know, I'm trying to see what's a nice way to say it. I mean, his dad is a very intelligent man, but he also. No, he ain't no he lame. He a nigga either. He ain't you know no what I'm lame. saying? Like, no, no, no. He's not so a lame, so he wouldn't even go for no, it. No, his dad and like. him, his uncles, nobody's exactly. is about that lame life. His auntie, me. Okay. I'll be like, boy, you have to kind of square. Like, come on. You know, if if you become square, it's me. It is because, you know, I'd be like, you know, like, I'd tell his dad, like, this is an African boy. He's like, yeah, he may be African, whatever, but. He's still a nigga too. I'm like, don't be calling my son a nigga, please, ah! please. He's not a nigga. Excuse me, please. Let's not use the n word with this baby. Maybe Negro. <laughs> I Let's guess. Negro. But I guess like you know he a no, he a he, black American. At the end of the day, it's certain. You know, it's certain. It's certain. Like, got that swagger. Social norms and constructs. Mm-hmm. That's like no boy. He ain't no. He ain't no lame. They no. They're not gonna let him be a lame. No, not at all. Do you have that fear though? For him or for my children? For your kids. I don't know them niggas yet, so. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. I think for me, especially because I've I've been in education for a little bit, um, I have like a pulse to the youth mm-hmm. that allows me to be like, oh, I get what's I get what's important important to instill, and I get what's important to just be like, like, like that's of his generation uh-huh. or her generation. For real, true, true, true. 
But anyway, I mean, you know, like how we know, you know how we like to start. You guys know how we do it. We like to start with the hot, 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 hot topics. Hot topics. So on the hot topics today, I want to. We of course always like to kind of get some of our more serious topics out of the way. Um, and one of those topics that I want to talk about is the unfortunate um, manslaughter of Jordan Neely. So what happened is um, Jordan Neely. Um, is a street performer, a subway performer. Okay. Um, he's known around New York City for performing, being a Michael Jackson impersonator, doing a lot of things like that. Um, you know, same way we see people on the blue line on Jackson that, you know, we we know our staples there. Jackson Neely is a staple in New York. I'm sorry, why I say Jackson? Jordan Neely <laughs> is a staple in New York. Unfortunately, um, um, last week or so, Jordan Neely was on a train. The train was on um, Broadway and Fourth, I believe, is the name of the station, mm-hmm. where a Marine who was also on that train car, Daniel Penny, um, encountered Jordan and he felt threatened by Jordan. Hmm. He felt that Jordan's street performance and um, declaration. I think he got on the plane on the train that day. And declared that he felt that he had nothing left to live for. He didn't understand why he had such a hard life. You know, just some of those woes of life is what he declared on the plane, on the train. And Daniel Penny took it upon himself as an ex-Marine to choke him out. So much that, um, unfortunately, he passed away. What in the world? So, um, an update in the case is that... Um, he has been charged with manslaughter okay, over that chokehold, and he could be facing 15 years in prison. As he should. As he should. Because As he it's should. like, I feel like there's a difference between, between, especially he's a Marine, right? Yes. There's a difference between trying to put someone to sleep. Okay. Yes. You know, I know there's a technique of trying to choke someone, you're trying to put them to sleep, and then you actually curse, cause and harm, and you kill them. But again, what was, what, why was it necessary for you to even choke him? Yeah, I, 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 I what reason? feel like, um, honestly, to me, this read as a case of mental illness versus mental illness. I was just going to say that. that. That's how I felt. Because, you know, to the the additive of him being an ex-Marine, mm-hmm. it just gives PTSD. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you went too far. You tweaked. So, like, yeah, he, yeah. He clearly, I mean, because it's like. We've all been on public transportation, and we all see those people who are a little bit too much sometimes. Of course. Be it in their performance, what they say, how they behave. Um, and at times, it does make us a little uncomfortable. But for the most part, people just kind of ignore it, keep yeah, it going. Yeah, or get off the train. Or get out, change cars, do whatever you need to do. I think for him and whoever his vigil- extra vigilantes were to take it upon their own selves, it really just breathes like, damn, you really thought you was in Nepal or some shit. You thought you was in Vietnam. It- I, I don't know if he thought he was a vigilante. He thought he was a, the, the, he was a Superman. Like he, I'm saving y'all on the train right now. Let's hold him down. Like to the fact that he died. It was too much. Yeah, it was too much for there to be video footage of it. I, I mean, I just think that a lot of what we see on social media has allowed people to just be desensitized mm-hmm. about situations like this. Um, but I think like the big conversation too is just that there is so much conversation about. Was the Marine 
uh, Daniel Penny, was he necessarily wrong? Okay. Or was this just an incident of I mean, did the guy something go too far? Did Jordan attack other people? Was he I don't think so, but maybe you know, people? honestly you never know in these day and age. If somebody gets on the train and starts proclaiming I'm tired of life. Life ain't did me wrong. You never know what the next thing like is. Like he's going to blow up the train or something exactly. and start shooting people up. Not that I thought so, but I think that that could be a fear of some people. Could, yeah, and it's just, yeah. Man, I don't know. You know, nowadays I'm scared to get on, on public transportation because, you know, we talked about how someone was raped on the train okay. and people were on the train when it happened. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it also makes me think about the passengers where, like, did anyone say, hey, stop. Okay, that's enough. We get it. No. Again, that's why I feel like there's a way to, like, you know, you're ex-Marine. Okay, you've already showed, like, you're powerful, you're stronger, you have technique, you have skill. There's a way to put someone down without causing, like, you know, long-term harm. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And I think it was just so many concerning things, but we definitely just want to send out our condolences to Jordan Neely and his family. Um, A lot has come out about Jordan Neely's past. Aside from him being a street performer, he's also a victim of his own mother was killed in a domestic violence Mm. situation. And it was very um, egregious to the point where he had to be the one to identify his mother who was chopped up and literally placed in a... No way. In a a suitcase. That's how they found her. And he had to testify against the boyfriend because it was the boyfriend that did it. Um, And a lot of that is now being talked about as what is attributed to his mental health Life has been unfair to him. And, um, you know, prayers, prayers, prayers. Absolutely. It's just like, you know, with, with situations like this and everything involved... It just makes you think, like, man, God spared me in certain regards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Well, speaking of, like, you know, the society and just how things are right now. Um, so, basically, a school district in, in Texas announced key findings from an in- investigation into allegations that a six-year-old girl was forced by a male classmate, another six-year-old classmate, okay, to perform a sex act. <laughs> While another student recorded it on a district-issued iPad. All while a teacher was present. Wow. Hmm. Hold on. Hold on. So you're saying the kids were performing sexual acts and another kid recorded it on the school iPad and the teacher was in the room and all of this was happening. The district listed key findings of the investigation, noting law enforcement personnel who viewed the iPad video determined that a sexual assault did not occur. Rather, mutual inappropriate sexual contact occurred between two six-year-olds. The incident, the incident was brief. Brief. It was 34 seconds. We know outcry for help or struggle. The district also noted, adding that the, stu- that the school reached out to the parents or guidance of the children involved to inform them of the inappropriate content that had been found on the iPad. She's, she was sucking his dick? Like six-year-old dick? We cannot speak to the conclusion of um, the district. Um, the law in the state of Texas does not provide the criminal penalties for children under the age of 10. And public schools are prohibited from expelling or suspending children in third grade or below. Mm-hmm. Girl, I, I'm 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 still reading to see you know, 
The girl reportedly revealed that a boy had exposed himself to her in the school lunch line and that she had also been pulled under a desk and forced to perform an, a sexual act while another student... What is the sexual act? She probably sucks what, what is the sexual act? Jesus she, she Christ. She definitely gave in. She said she was hitting him with a poetry book, adding her cousin did her best to fight back, but she claimed the incident did not stop until they let me go. Hey, for six year olds, that's a lot. That is that not a like, of a six year old? That's violence for six. Ha! Please, what is the sexual act you that guys, the girl was forced to perform? I tell you guys all the time as a teacher, I'm seeing things I never thought I would see. Are you I'm, serious? A, I'm a primary teacher, and I say that because it's like primary is K through three. Hmm. So there's a lot of things that I see and hear that's like. Y'all should probably stop watching Power in front of your kids. Mm. And I think that's the, like children, like, like the, and we say this a lot, children do not have their own space. Mm. They don't have kids shows, they don't have kids shops, they don't have things that are unique for their age group. Mm. And the effects of that is coming to fruition in horrible ways. Because obviously it's like for the boy to do that, he saw someone to do this, whether it's, from the media, TV, or maybe he's peeping through, like, the keyhole, seeing his dad, you know, do something, performing some sexual acts in the door. And, you know, I feel like, yes, kids are smart, obviously. And, you know, but, you know, the same way we interpret things, they cannot. So if it's a situation where he may have seen maybe his dad or a, a male figure in the house, maybe recording a, a, someone sucking his dick. You know what I'm saying? Like... Or, you know what I mean? Like, he probably saw the act and thought, like, it was okay to do. Or maybe he saw porn. You know what I'm saying? Like, kids, the thing with children is that they understand things with plot holes. Mm. Like, kids understand sex, and they know that it's something that's supposed to feel good. Mm-hmm. But they don't necessarily know sex acts. The boundaries. The boundaries. What makes it, you know, they don't understand, uh, you know, um, submission versus forceful oh, sex. Oh, role play. Consent. Like, mm-hmm. all type of things. That shit does not, they don't get that. But, but they understand that I know, I've heard of this thing called sex, and this thing is part of sex, mm-hmm. and to my understanding, it feels good. Mm-hmm. They, and, and quite frankly, they're too young for it to even feel good to them. Hmm. But. I did? Yeah, in a way. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know. I never had head at six, so I don't know if it felt good for me. Not head at six. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like at that point in my life, because, you know, I will say this. I played I played house. And what does house until? It's kind of like, you know, little boys and girls touching on each other a little bit. But it was mostly kissing. Okay. You know, that's what I'm saying. I think that that's what jars me about the children of today. They're like eons past what we were like as kids as children we were promiscuous we had ideas yeah, you were promiscuous you were a little hoe not we not me we but you I, i'm not part of that we because you you are part of that hell i was not promiscuous that's six year old what you talking about so you never play house and i did not boy play house kissed, so a little boy never kissed you never the never. first time no i'm never exaggerating because you know what i was now maybe i was the lame because i was fully sheltered you know what i'm saying i didn't go to people's houses people did not come to my house um, cause in the, I live in, in with my grandmother in Nigeria too. Now I was there a concept of a house I knew of classmates that do, you know, do stuff under the table, like in first grade, you know, I remember like seeing and hearing of things like that, but did I play house? No. I mean, the first time I kissed a boy, I was 14 and even with that people were like, wow. But I think with that situation, what, 
surprises me the most is the recording part too. That recording part is what made it weird. You know? I mean, it was all kind of weird, but that recording made it like, whoa. Th- that concept of like, oh, let me we get We got to get this on camera. And, and that, whoa. Whoa. Yeah, that's scary. I think that's what made it even more scary. Whoa. Because like, it was already an advanced way of exploring. Children always do explore no matter what. But to have the the mindset of like, yo, I got to catch this on camera. I got to record it. Recording it would valid- make it valid. Recording oh, it's it. it's fun. Or like, this yeah, is what it's done. Recording it adds to it. It's like, ooh, what are we teaching our kids? And I'm not going to lie. I'm also being conscious of that. Because, you know, like, I, I have a TikTok where I post me and my son and the things yeah. that we do. But I do notice times that, like, he would grab my phone and be like, put it down. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe he just wants attention or whatever. And, like, the times that he don't want to be on camera all the time. Like Damn, he, he told your ass no like, cameras, please. Yeah, like, he knows when I'm recording, you know. And I try not. And now I try to be more discreet about it and not to be like, the camera in your face. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just put it in the corner if I want to record. Like, maybe when we were teaching learning stuff like that but he knows when like oh he's being recorded and he may stop doing things so and he is just two years old yeah so for me i'm like that's a teaching moment for me like okay calm down on the phone thing whatever like even though i'm trying to have this mommy blog thing but also respect his boundaries too you know what i'm saying and you know understand like okay what i'm putting out there for him too you know so like for six years to even record a sex act Wow, I'm just like, what are you exposed to? What is your home-like life? And damn, what are you going to be like when you're 12, 16, 20? And I, and I will say this. Um, you know, when we say exposed, some, I do want to put out there that it's not always the parents that are true, exposed to the kids. True, 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 Sometimes, true. a lot of the time, not even some, a lot of times they're exposed by their peers. Facts. A lot of times it's kids Facts. exposed. All it takes is one fast-ass kid in the class. One bad apple. One kid. All it takes is one kid in the class. Yeah. That it that knows what sex is. That's aware. That has an idea, and they don't. They spread that shit. So, oh, like, big cousin. Yeah, like you know? it, it really like some some parents really do try their hard, but a lot of it is like your peers. I think that sex, death. Um, promiscuity, all those things to children of this generation are so desensitized. Mm-hmm. Like, these kids get sex, but not really. You're right, because I think my exposure, like, speaking back to, like, oh, if we were promiscuous, I think my exposure definitely to sex was definitely more for my peers. Because yeah. I remember the time in schools, like, over, you know, in Nigeria, we call porn blue film. You know, so, like, the blue film, it was, like, kids were having on the phone, and, like, we watching it, and be like, oh, we all be watching it, and they're like, oh, my God, this is what they're doing, okay. type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, then we were maybe like when seventh, eighth grade, we were a little bit older, but still, but still, you know what I'm saying? Like the exposure, like just kids doing stuff. It's like even me seeing, like, you know, it was. I remember this time I was in first grade, and a specific girl then went on, she didn't wear underwear, and it was like, um, I don't want to say her name. Let's say her name is Sarah. Some boy was like, Sarah is no wearing pata. She's not wearing any pants. You know, we call pants underwear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that was a big thing where, like, you know, we all try and get on, like, you know, the seesaw thing, and we're trying to see. She went underwear today. Hell we, no. Can we see her little coochie? <laughs> no, because <laughs> fucking horrible. Because like, I think that what we don't acknowledge that children seek sex. Yes. Like as as little kids, even as young as the six, mm-hmm. we do seek sex in a way. Mm-hmm. Like kids, intentionally I, or not. Intentionally or not. You know, I remember pretending I couldn't read sex <laughs> in the newspaper just so my mom could say sex. Me too. And my mama treated my ass like, bitch, you know what that word like is. Like, hell, you know what this is. What like, are you? She said, what you insinuating? <laughs> you know, that was literally like, what are you trying to see? 
Okay, sex and and what, what, is, sex? what is your knowledge of sex that's forcing me to say sex? <laughs> and it was like that, and I think that it's just a thing that as children we do understand. That's why, like when when we talk about all this gender identity, sex thing, mm-hmm. I do have I do have like a certain advocacy of me because I'm like we understand children understand the concept of sex, right? It is up to us to inform them of the nuances of it. Okay. You know, like, but naturally, children do understand sex. Mm-hmm. I have kids that moan all the time just to moan. They understand sex. Like, at the end of the day... But what part of sex do you feel like they understand? Because I feel like, you know, even we as no, adults... No, okay, here's the thing. Because mm-hmm. I didn't understand head until I was in college. I mean, not in college, high school. Okay. I knew kind of about it, same. but the whole concept of, like, what... Somebody it, sucking dick eating. Of oral sex was just like, you. Like, yeah. I heard about Bill Clinton, but I really didn't get what he did. You right. know what I mean? Um, but I think the kids understand what they understand about it, about sex is that it's a thing. They know it's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. They know it requires like it's an like, adult thing, nakedness mm-hmm. and things that are like, okay, that's, Private parts. that's, that's, that's huge. Why the fuck would I be naked with somebody mm-hmm. else? Mm-hmm. And they know, but what they do for sure know is that it feels good. Mm. They know that people would do anything for it. They know that wow. it, they know that it drives people. Really? Because we talk what about sex. What age are we talking, though? Eight, nine. Okay, I can, hear, I can see that. You know what I'm saying? But, I agree. But I, I agree. Okay, even when I taught second grade, seven, eight. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I have a friend who told me that he has licked vagina. He licked vagina at the age of eight, nine. Or like, you know, um, his mom, you know, maybe dropping, taking him and maybe like a family friend, girl, that they're both in a backseat and they're touching each other's private parts. Because you understand eight, nine years feeling old. good. You know what I mean? And, 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 and it's I freaking hate, me out. It's, it's freaking it's, me it's out. It's crazy to say. I think that, like, when we think about sex, we think about all the nuances that come with sex, dating, be, mm-hmm. the shit that leads to the sex, you know, but children understand the aspect of it's a mature thing. It's something that happens between individuals that quote-unquote care about each other. And it's something that feels good. You said children are little hoes. Let's skip the dating. Let's skip the getting to know you part. They go straight to let me because, touch be, you. Because they don't, the, because the physicality of it is what attracts them. Mm. It's not all the other shit that we have added to it as adults. Oh, wow. Emotions. Finding yeah. someone. That's all that extra shit. But the kids understand that if I do this, I'm going to like the feeling. I'm scared. Having a boy, I ain't gonna lie. Like, just having a child in general, even have a, even if I had a girl, I would still be as scared, like, oh my God. But also, especially having a boy, like, I wouldn't want him to be the one to do things to somebody else, want to do things to, to him too. Or where, like, or a parent comes to me, like, your boy did this to my daughter. Like, ah! I feel like I'm dead. At a certain age, I know I'm gonna be, like, somewhat of a helicopter parent. When, te- when, um, when parents be having to have the conversation of our children had sex, like, teen parents with teenage kids, teenage parents, mm-hmm. I'd be like, damn, that shit must be crazy to be having to talk to another parent about y'all 14-year-olds having a child. Mm. 14, 14. 15. Mm. I'd be like, damn. That's a baby. My grown-ass still feel like a kid. <laughs> Like, okay, yeah, I don't judge my peers to have a child now, but I'm just like, I it's like, ready. whoa, are you ready? You I mean, because even when you think about it, it's still like, okay, well, we in our late 20s, and it's just like, I can't imagine taking dick 
at that age. Oh yeah. Like the whole aspect of having and sex dick with me. Came, yeah. and he came in you boy like y'all went that far. As it's one thing you we you know we do kids. kids you grind yeah. whatever okay. But feeling raw penis but it as went a child? G raw penis and even okay as someone who has a dick you went into a whole coochie G. Okay, I like you went inside a whole coochie. That's some grown adult man they shit. They was grown and they didn't care. Like, it felt that good, huh? When I was in middle school, I know a lot. Like, I remember being in third grade and having friends talk about, oh, did somebody put their key in your ignition? Like, Jeez. I remember that being a conversation about my my peers who were, like, in fourth, fifth grade having sex. I'm not going to lie. When I see, like, young people, even some young, young people in my family, I'd be like, hmm, are they having sex? Yeah. Like, hmm. Like, you know, because, you know, some kids be looking so innocent. You know, like, you know, like, it's not like every, they're not having sex. Are you doing sexual acts? Are you doing something like, you know, not every child. I mean, now we've talked about how kids now dress more like older than the age. But even kids that like are still wearing like, you know, the children plays outfit. They fingering each other. And, yeah, they and, be getting it in. I'm like, is this one? Yeah, like? sucking on each other and grinding and dry humping and all the other things that aren't necessarily penetration. They still doing those things. Oh, my God. I don't know, the whole six-year-old. But anyway, but back to the topic. This is quite. Yeah, I can't imagine as a parent they call me and this whether I'm. The, I have they don't the be parent. calling parents. I don't know how they found out. No, this they said they did contact the parents. Oh, okay. They said they did say they contact. I mean, with this episode, especially when it was recorded and it's at the school. Yeah, well, it's because of the recording. Yeah, there was a situation in the school I worked at where it was a kindergarten class and mm. one of the boys licked the other boy's booty in the bathroom, Ew. like ate his ass. Yeah, but they didn't tell the parent of the boy whose ass was eight. But <laughs> it's no. Why do you say ass was eight? Because that's what he did. No. What do you, you say? Like, I'm. Are you saying lick the booty cheek? Yeah, he licked in between his asshole. Oh. It's like lick in his asshole. <laughs> like lick in between the booty cheeks. Oh, he ate the ass. I'm thinking you just saying he just maybe he licked the cheek. No, he licked in between. He was trying to get the gooch. So how do you guys handle that? Do you say, no, 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 bad thing, don't do that? Uh, yeah, it's like they didn't want to tell the parent of the boy who experienced. What do you think should have been done? I think both parents should have been informed. Yes, right? Yeah, but you you know, some people be so nervous about that. But yeah. Hi. Okay, parents or guidance or whatever, watch out for the kids, okay? Watch out for the children. Watch out, please. Very These children are advanced, so. Hmm. All right, so let's talk about DDG. Um, DDG, DDG is, uh, what's one is that? Holly Bailey. She's Holly. <laughs> Why you say like that? I was going to say Chloe. She's Holly Bailey's um, boyfriend. Holly Bailey, as we know, is our first black Ariel. Mm-hmm. Um, but DDG was on Twitter basically talking about how he has never in his life watched The Little Mermaid. And it turned into a whole, a whole Twitter debacle. Some people felt like as the boyfriend of the first black Little Mermaid, you should not be out here basically confessing that you never watched this shit. And you weren't going to watch it in front of her. But some people were like, well, duh, why would he watch it? He's a boy. Um, you know, it was a lot of conversation about that. So how are you feeling? Do you feel like he was a bad boyfriend? No, I think you know, the conversation was like, he did watch it. He watched the live what his, the live action. But he, he watched the live action. But he never watched the original Little Animation, Mermaid. Animation, yes. Yeah, and people were like, oh, that's impossible. Like, cause every, but you know what? I'm understanding like a lot, especially a lot of, um, you know, 
urban or you know inner city kids did not watch shows like that. Yeah. They were watching Boys in the Hood with their cousins. There and wasn't their uncle. a lot of boy children things. A lot of things were catered to our princesses for Disney. Exactly. Disney had a whole princess franchise. So some people who believe that boys should not be exposed to that did not show their children. I remember an incident. I, I, you know, I was doing a client's here and, you know, you know, the parent brought like the younger child and I was doing the older child's hair and, you know, we're watching, you know, um, Disney Channel. And I think maybe it was Moana or Frozen. And the older child's like, hell no, we ain't finna put down, you ain't finna watch that, you know, that type of thing. And the boy was three years old. Um, and in my head, I'm just like, He's three. I've watched Moana multiple times with my son. He's three. You know what I'm saying? Like we, I've even watched because I I didn't watch Frozen until I had my son. I never watched Frozen I when it came out. But I'm like, let me just watch this stuff. Why not? Frozen one and two, we watched it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I get how, like as you said, that's a specific. That's that that does happen where they don't want to expose kids to any type of like strong feminine role, any girly things, mm. whatever. And so I I I'm like, oh, this is a thing where like. Oh, a lot of kids, you know what I mean? Especially depending on your community, your household, um, how you, you know, you were brought up. Like, you know, the things that we, oh, Disney Channel and like we, you know, like they didn't have access to it at all. Black people are so afraid of homosexuality. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we have to talk about that. Black people are so afraid of Mm -hmm. homosexuality that they shield their men from having a feminine nature. And men have... I, I think that when we say feminine, it's always deemed as a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. But when we say feminine in that right, it's the understanding that men have emotions and men have have those soft skills. Mm-hmm. Men are not just on here, are built, are, are not put on this earth to build shelves and just be builders, do all the quote unquote masculine shit. Men are people, so they have deeper understanding of things and i don't think we allow men to live in that we don't our society does not permit men you know to to have and i don't even want to use the word soft because soft is also deemed as such a negative thing thing. men are not allowed to feel their emotions the only emotions they're allowed to see to feel is like anger yeah and that's like even when men whether they are whenever they're sad whether it's angry they're confused it shows up as anger yeah it doesn't show up as any other thing besides anger you know what I'm saying? And that's the only thing that we see as, oh, he's masculine because he's, huh. You know, it's like, no. It's important for a man to feel both sides. You know, the same way, like, okay, woman, yes, feel your masculine side. Men, feel your feminine side. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Be understanding. Be intuitive. Be, you know, be sensitive. It's not a bad thing. Um, So, you know, a lot of the conversations was like, damn, how could you have never watched it? You lying. He was like, gee, I, was, I grew up watching boys in the hood, men into the society. Yeah. And, and, and he has mentioned how, like, dating her has actually exposed him to world. a different world, a whole different world. A whole world. new world, no pun intended. Literally, <laughs> a whole new world. Like, he's like, whoa, I didn't even know stuff like this existed. You know what I'm saying? Because we talk about, like, even all these rappers. It's like, yeah, they be rappers, they be so rich, but they still have that hood, ghetto mentality. Because they don't see shit until they rich. And okay. even then, they don't see it immediately. Exactly, even they when they rich. They just have money. Because even when they rich, the only other thing they see is Gucci. Now I can't afford Gucci. You know what I'm saying? Now nah, I can force buy a Maybach, Name but brands. not like oh, let me really like dive into the experience, change my environment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, dive they into experience. They're not gonna go back and do a debutante ball. No, they're no. not gonna have that at 
whatever age. I look, you want my son to do that. Boys have it with boys, right? Yeah. I actually want that. Like, I some black excellence stuff. The person I was telling you about earlier for mm-hmm. that cross culture experience, her fiance did a debutante. I want to do that. And so. I, I'm like, when people see that as lame, if so, I want him to do that. No. I mean, it's I guess me. maybe it's lame. I'll tell, no, no, no. It's not lame. I'll tell you when you make him a lame. Uh, I'll be vocal. I'll be Why like, gotta be the one to make him a lame? Because kids are molded. Into lameness? Yeah, that shit like that. It's social shit. They're molded. Damn. Kids don't sometimes be naturally lame or naturally awkward or I naturally mean, kids, weird. Kids have natural temperaments. Like, mm-hmm. some kids are naturally quiet, but that don't make them a lame. Mm. Some kids are social, but they just be like... What um, make kids be awkward? Like, I feel like some kids, I've encountered some kids, and like, he's just a little bit awkward. Um, with When kids are awkward is that they don't understand social situations. Like they, okay. It's like some kids are quiet, so they're quiet and... Talkative and quiet moments. Mm-hmm. Some kids are talkative, so they just talk a lot. Mm-hmm. But the awkwardness comes from like this is a quiet moment and you talking. Mm-hmm. This is a talk. Oh, you doing moment. weird stuff? Yeah, I feel that. Um, uh, but yeah, it was just like I could see that. I could see that. Okay, so Debrat mm-hmm. and Big Booty Judy. I don't know what Judy's real name is. Is her name Judy? Yeah, it's Judy. Judy. It's not Judy. Um, but you know the rap, the rapper. She and okay, her real name is Jessica. Jessica Dupart. Um, you know she's pregnant. You know they're pregnant, and um, the bride is fifty years old. And, you know they're a lesbian couple, and the way you know obviously she got pregnant is via sperm donor, yes. right? Um, and you know for IVF. So the issue they went, you know, it was a controversial topic because um. They talked about like their sperm donor was not a black man, and it was basically a white man because the only black donor that they saw was quite un- unattractive, and he looked like D- Jimmy Cricket. <laughs> and people were going like, "Dang, how you gonna talk about a black man?" But I do want us to talk about you know this aspect of I don't know what the word is. It's, a, it's a, you know this other community of like IVF sperm donor, you know, going into yeah. parenthood, whatever. And how there really is a lack of black sperm donors. That's why I believe we need to adopt black kids. Mm -hmm. People do not be so stuck on this. I want a a fresh born baby or whatever the fuck. They ignore adopting black kids. And then these older black kids get adopted in white families. Mm -hmm. And I don't don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to experience pregnancy. You know what I'm saying? No. I'm just saying that like. We, as black people, uh-huh. do not support... We really don't fully support the idea of being a parenthood outside of natural parenthood. Okay, I see that. I see like, that. Like, we're not the biggest fans of surrogacy. We're not the biggest fans of adoption. Mm-hmm. So, sperm, donation, all that shit, it just is kind of... Yeah. It's almost deemed as you only donate sperm if you down and out. Yeah. And, you know, I I do know someone personally who is going through that route, and she did say like the the options were so limited because it's a lot of things too. Like, okay, you can't you you know you you should not have any um jail record, prison record, so you cannot be convicted. And as we know in America, a lot of black men are convicted. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's you know there are a high express expectancy because it's just like I'm trying to think what to compare it to. It's like you're trying to pick your magic baby, right? Your yeah. perfect baby. So it's like okay, I need to have a, per- a certain level, a certain height. Oh, you know what is his education status? Does he have a degree? We know more black women have higher degrees than black men. You know what I'm saying? Studies show that. Okay. You know, so that already Joe has already calmed down. Um, degree has already calmed down. Sexuality too. Is he straight or gay? That's already cast another level down too. Um, you know what I'm saying? Does he play the piano? 
Okay, does he have? Now we does he play the extra? Exactly. Is he talented? That's cause a lot of black men down too. What are the color of his eyes? What is his family dynamic too? What are the mental family, health? What are the yeah family diseases? Does Physical diabetes? Okay, what in the family? High blood pressure, cancer. That's a lot in the black community. Boom. So at this point is what one percent of black men are, are. You know what I mean? And then add at the point of you saying that. You know, as black people, we don't really believe in the sense, you know, if it's not like a natural, like, oh, we do each other and we have a baby, but the whole adoption or sperm donor, we don't really go into it that much. So then that cuts down a large percentage, a large percentage. So a lot of it is like white folks or Hispanic yeah. folks. Um, but the person I know, luckily, she was able to find um, someone of black, you know, family, you know, descent, whatever. Um, but even that, it was so hard to choose. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, I, you know, people took offense that she said the guy looked like Jimmy Cricket, whatever. But he I wouldn't want to, you know, if he ain't cute. I don't want my It's a lot ugly, of shit you know? that I got to go through. The one thing I could immediately decide on is I don't want an ugly baby. Okay. It's a lot. Like, here's the thing. And then, like, people get mad, but it's like, but y'all don't donate. Y'all don't do they shit. They don't. They don't. I think that we have to be mindful of what that means to be a critic but not be a participant. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's like, y'all could, everybody can have their thing, but at the end of the day, did you go donate sperm? Okay. Have y'all donated blood before? Like, black people, we, do not, we love talking about medical disparity, but we don't donate blood. We don't. We don't do anything to create access for black people medicinally or in these medical spaces. So it's like... You know what I mean? Like we know, we know now that black people are into IVF, they're into adoption, they're mm-hmm. into surrogacy, mm-hmm. and we don't create those spaces for them. Mm-hmm. We make we make it such a negative conversation. Like, whoa, yeah. how dare you? How dare you do this? Or you know, even to today, like even in Nigeria to today, the concept of having C-section is still a seen C-section. as yeah. C-section is like the woman was weak. That's you could up. not deliver your child naturally. That's you had to have a operation to That's give up. You are not a strong woman, or you're not a praying woman, or you're not, you are less of a woman to have C section. Till today, it is a conversation. You know what I'm saying? So, even just as black people as a whole, it's just like, come on, we need to, you know, provide better spaces for ourselves. Okay. And not just rely for white folks to provide Sometimes for us. Sometimes I'd be like, damn, I'm going to be 30 and I don't have a child. One day I'm going to have to push a baby at my coochie. Yeah, and I'd be thinking that that's crazy. I'm, now you have to push your baby I'm out. never ready for that. <laughs> no one is ever. I don't. No, I'm never like with. honestly. I have to be snuck up pregnant. Hey, it has no. to sneak me. I, can't, I don't think I'm the type that's like let's plan. Let's plan. It has to I, catch. I, I think you would be. Yeah, I think you'd be I, the listen, type to be let's plan. I can be like let's think of a place where okay, I'm more open to it. Mm-hmm. That's my idea of planning. Girl, boom! Once well, you I find the right man, you feel like I want to have your baby. I know it's men that I'm like I want to have your baby. Yo, is a man. No, I'm saying oh. I know it's possible. Oh, okay. I'm like, damn, give us the tea. Give us the tea. <laughs> it's men. I know that there, it's possible to be like, oh, I meet this man and I want right, to be a baby. Right, right, right. So I'm not against it. That's mm-hmm. why I'm like, I'm open to having a child. But me as a person, knowing I have to push a child on my baby, I'm like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. That to me, I'm like, I, there's never a time I'm going to be just like, I'm ready to push a baby. Absolutely. You're going to have to catch me on a sneak, and I'm going to be like, oh, damn, I'm pregnant. Okay. I'm here now. Oh, if I I'm, might as well finish. I might as well do go to the end line. But even me that I've already pushed a baby, the thought of like having to push on a baby is a fearful thing, too. Girl, it's a I'm fear. like. We're going to have to sew your coochie. Hopefully, you have no tear, but my coochie tore. Ugh. Second degree tear. That's what I'm like. You meant. Had to get stitches. I'm a crazy Scorpio to a degree. 
Mm. You I and hope me? I'm there like in the delivery room. I would like to be in the delivery room. Hopefully it's not no COVID or whatever crazy shit. I'll, I mean at least in a hospital or you, something. I would definitely choose you. Like, I, would I like want to be there. I want everybody there. I even want my brothers there. Damn, you want them to be you want a full house, huh? I'm your baby sister. Watch me put <laughs> y'all on and have kids. Be mature. And you know, I miss when it was like that because I feel like nowadays it's so different. I, you know, I guess post COVID, you know what I'm saying? It was yeah. only his dad that was there. But there was a time where I've heard stories of when people say like their dads was there, their mom was there. Like it was at least five people there. My whole family, like I want, I know exactly who I want. You, my mama, my sister in law, for Damn, sure. Where the husband at? Oh my husband! <laughs> so oh, the, I was, the daddy. like, he was gonna be there. I was thinking of like mm-hmm. people outside of him, but like, yeah, four. Like, if I'm picking like a good five. Okay. okay. My husband, obviously. My mother. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. and my sister-in-law, mm-hmm. my oldest sister-in-law. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that's my girl. So that's a good number. We that's all gonna it. be there. Y'all like, be there. you better push. And I'm like, I can't. I'm, I'm scared. You know, I'm be like, I'm scared. Too dramatic. I'm be crying. I can't. I'm like, I can't. I can't. Girl, I don't know how people do it. I was like, I be like, motherhood. Girl, tell me about it. That shit got to catch me off guard. Like, it really got to be like a, damn, I found out I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. Damn, I had the baby. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm in the bathroom trying to pee and the baby come out. Mm -hmm. I cannot have no drawn out, late, mm -mm, I'm going to be feeling away. Girl. Like, not no 48-hour labor. Some people have it like that. And it be like that. And my last time I want twins, I want the twins to come right away. So you wouldn't want one pregnancy? Would you like to just have twins? I want twins because I don't know what my pregnancy would be like, and I want to have the option of my of my baby having somebody else. Like I want the option of being like, okay, oh, I had another, I had another baby because pregnancy was okay for me. Mm-hmm. But you know, at this point now, I also think like I'm trying to be thirty. Yeah. So at this point, pregnant not pregnancy is gonna be hard, but there are certain things that I have to start thinking about in my pregnancy journey. So that's true at, at certain ages. That's yeah, that's like very I, true. I didn't have the luxury of having a baby younger, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. it was a little bit more um, buoyant for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, but if anything, the breast you'd be more prepared. You're more financially prepared. I'll be you know more prepared on the post-pregnancy, mm-hmm. but during the pregnancy what is saying. what I'm like. You know, if I have a baby. At this rate, if things go the way I would want it to go, mm-hmm. I would probably be having my first child around 32, 33. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was to have a second child, I don't know what that would look like. Let's say at that point I'm entering geriatric. 35. Yeah, I yeah. think by 35 it's considered geriatric. geriatric. So okay. My mom had my sister at 40. I mean, I'm not saying it can't yeah. happen or it won't happen. But it does But I'm realistic about that it comes with something. Absolutely, absolutely. And absolutely. just now I know myself now. My little 29-year-old self, I be, my knees be aching, I be tired. I be like, look, I'm ready to go to sleep. So I imagine pregnant too. Okay, I totally feel that. Um, I'm trying to see what next to go to. If I want to talk about the ebony or the loving marriage next. Ooh. Mm. Let's do love and marriage. Let's do love and marriage. Let's yes. Hold them I'm, I'm gonna let you do the ebony one. Um, but the love and marriage. So if you know, we definitely watch Love and Marriage Huntsville. Yes. Um, it's back on. I think this is season six. Wow, they've grown. You know what I'm saying? I think this is Loki season. This is season five or six. Okay. Um, so there's a situation um where I want to talk about the the birthday party first. Uh, the main, main the, actually the main characters, right? Um, I mean, there are a couple of main characters, but the actually main people of the show, um, Mel and Martel, yes. they're divorced now. Yes. They have four kids. They're divorced because he cheated multiple times and he now has a child a out, of wedlock. Outside of wedlock, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so there's a situation where their oldest daughter celebrated her birthday. And the mom threw her a big birthday party at a skating rink. But the dad showed up, uh-huh. right? But he was not invited. And, you know, she called him out, like, let me talk to you. And you, you know, she started calling to the state of Alabama. The mom has all the years of the birthdays, right? And he was like, no, I want to be here. She's like, well, this is my year to have her. And she's like, after the birthday party, you could have her and throw her another birthday party if you want. But she was like, you didn't even think about throwing her a birthday party in first place, so why are you here? Now, people feel like she was a bitch. She did the most. Because she also said, I'm going to call the police to, to escort you out because you should not be here. Was she a bitch? Did he cross the line? What do you think regarding this situation? Everything is true. I think that... In involving the police or bringing that up is always like, oh, you did a lot. Mm-hmm. However, comma, I do think that with Martel, it's true. Like, if I went through the, the struggle of planning and throwing the birthday, if it was that deep to you, why didn't you involve yourself in that? Like, if you wanted it to be so joint, like, this is her birthday and we're both here, then you should have made that apparent from the jump. hmm but if you just didn't say shit, I'm paying for everything, then no, it's me. Fact. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think, I don't, honestly, when I initially watched it, I definitely was like, ah, damn, she's... I felt like, ah, oh, this is a lot. The, yeah. the calling the police part. I'm like... Yeah. And I think maybe because of my own experience with that whole thing, too, with, um, you know, just seeing um, my parents go through that, you know, um, like my dad with, you know... Uh, my other siblings, you know, with the different moms and just how it is having a police involved, whatever. So I was yeah. just like, ee, like I feel like police should always be like the last resort. Yeah. You know, should be able to so I was just like, is that necessary? But I put my, now I'm like, I'm, let me put myself in her shoes. That you were married to a man who cheated on you and violated you. And, and when I say violated, I'm not saying he domestically viol- um, was violent towards her. Well, he but there was him. a, you know, you violated my body or marriage, our vows yeah. by continuously cheating on me like she's also mentioned like yeah he should have forgive him in the past whatever but you've done it multiple times to the extent that there's a child involved you know and even with the fact that there's a child involved it's with this specific woman that you've had an affair for with years that has been pregnant for you in the past and she had an abortion you know what i'm saying um and that this woman has contacted me all that kind of stuff so it's a lot of wound there there's a lot of pain there so it's like he's trying to still have family privileges that's like, you ruined this. It's like we're not a family. And it's like, I, I still, I, I definitely agree in the sense that, you know, whether you are divorced, separated or not, like, there still has to be a sense of family, even yeah. when kids are involved. Yeah. No matter how painful it is. Yeah, there's a sense of family. And it sucks be because, especially as women, we're the ones who mainly have to bite our feelings and suck it up because of, like, because of the child. Because usually the divorce came from something that you did to destroy the Exactly. Marriage. Like, as the mom, I have to suck it up. I, I You know, like, even, and now I'm even learning that, too. As a mom, it's like, my, my griefing moment, my anger time has to be cut down tremendously because it's like, I have a child involved. Yeah. So I cannot be angry for too long because it's like, oh, for the betterment of my child. So his, his father can be involved. But if I was single, I'd be like, Fuck you, nigga. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? But because I got a child, I can't be like, fuck you, nigga. I have to be the mature one when the man is being immature, yeah. you know? Um, so I feel like he definitely crossed the line. Like, she didn't invite you to this birthday party, okay? You were not invited. Throw another one. Or if anything, ask for permission. Ask for permission. For that permission. Thing. And if ask. she says no, 
respect that. Give it this the whole divorce thing. It was like what about two years ago? Yeah, it's still barely. fresh. It's too fresh. Barely. Like give her time to heal. Cause obviously she's she's still bad about it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Give her time to heal. It's like you don't be taking his W's. For he her does. to go on that vacation that she went, I think she really tried. And he crossed boundaries with that too. Yeah. By inviting other people to the vacation that she paid for. It's like she tried to do the whole invite you to things. And that's what you did. I just felt like as a man, if it was that deep to you, you would have made yourself known in mm, that. Mm. You would have involved yourself in the planning and stuff. Or you would have paid for something. Or you would have said, I want to come. Mm-hmm. For you to just show up is what also partially made it rude. Because you've known that this is happening clearly. And you never said anything. And I've seen you multiple times before this. So you could have been mentioned like, yo, I heard you throwing a party for Mariah or whatever. And I, she hit me up. I would love to be there. Um, you know, let me know how I can help. Mm-mm-mm. That's all it takes. Yeah. And it's like, do that. And, and so it doesn't always feel like I'm doing the most for our family and you're just jumping in. Exactly. And I don't like how he's trying to label her as a bad mom. Look, he's yeah. talking about she has 20 babysitters. That's what mom up. will have 20? One mom of her caliber and status in the sense of like, okay, we know she's successful to at least afford one or two, you know, reliable nannies. You know what I'm saying? 20 babysitters. I think to say that if her family members watch the children, for you to include that in your little 20 babysitters thing, that's not that's not mm-hmm. fair. Because if I got a cousin that can watch my kids and I trust my cousin. And my brother. And I don't care if you know them well or not. If I trust them enough, then we're going to introduce ourselves at this moment. Okay. Because now exactly. is the moment where I need people to help me. Yes. I didn't need exactly. you before. So, of course, maybe you wouldn't have met them or they wouldn't have watched the kids. Mm-hmm. Before. But I need them now. Yeah. yeah. So, fuck you. My brother going to watch the kids. Exactly. Oh, well. I agree. I get that. Another part that happened on the show is um, another couple, Marceau and Tisha, they are hosting... Um, not even hosting. They're actually the one like creating or curating this Black Expo show. So we know mm. Black Expo is like different Black professionals. It's gonna be a, a you know a community event where Black professionals talk about you know what they do and share information. So they're trying to hire you know the other cast, not hire, but they want the other cast, their friends, to be a part of it. But they're like, we're not paying you guys, but we want you all to. You know, how you know, be part of the panel and host the event, but we're not paying you. What do you think about that? I think that it's like, honestly, it's not even just that because they didn't just ask them to talk. Mm-hmm. I feel like they asked them, like, would you be part of the, the planning, full curation of the yeah. event? And that's because if it was just like to talk, then maybe I wouldn't charge you because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm gonna do shit but be here for this day. Mm-hmm. But if you're asking me to help you create it, plan it, Talk to, then yeah, pay me. What are you talking about? And you know what? Even if it's just to talk, because, you know, with that cast, that's something they do. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, they're influencers, yeah. you know, you know, they're real estate agents and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, I'm sharing with you information that I paid for. I'm sharing yeah. this information with your guests, you know. Whether it's, I'm, as a woman, I'm getting my makeup done to look good for this event. That's also something to do, too. Yeah. Or I may still have my regular job to do, but I'm taking the time off to come to, to, your, come event, to your event. You know what I'm saying? Now, if it's on something like, oh, charity stuff, that's different. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we hold a host invest for for charity and we want to donate money for whatever her foundation. Yeah, that's different. That's different. You know what I'm saying? But because even they did say, like, oh, what if also if someone sp- sponsors your event, you guys get paid hundred K for this event. 
do we get any share for that? They're like, no. Uh-uh. And, and it brings me to a conversation of like paying friends. You know what I'm saying? Because naturally as friends, we expect like, girl, you shouldn't charge me because I'm your friend. But in the same breath, it's like, I'm your friend. You should want to pay me. I feel I've always felt like you should pay your friend normally and let them initiate any discount. Yeah. Like, it, that's to me how you always do it. As a friend, you say, this is your rate for the shit, I'm going to pay it. If they consider you that type of friend, they're going to say, hey, I will give you this price instead of this price. Mm-hmm. And it's just that. And if, uh, not, if not, if they don't give you a discount, don't take too much offense to it. Because I did ask a friend for a certain service. Um, and whenever I provide a service for her, I've always given her discounts, you know what I'm saying? Or even, like, not even charge. Um, but when I asked her for a service, I'm like, damn, she charged me full price. <laughs> she charged me full price. And I checked my, you know, it was a tad be like, damn, I guess I'm not one of those friends for her, you know? So mm-hmm. I had to check myself. I'm like, okay, this is the business she offers. You know, this is her business. I'm not trying to take money away from her, you know what I'm saying? So let me take get away from my personal feelings of expecting discounts or whatever and be like, mm-hmm. You do a good job already, I'm going to pay you your full price. Because that same price, I'll pay somebody else or if not even more. You know what I mean? So it's just like, just as you said, if you're that friend, they're going to give you a discount. Um, And also learning too, as a friend, you don't always have to offer everybody discounts. Because I'm the same way too. I'll be doing sentiments. You know, also being Africans, it's like, oh, you know, you can't charge some your family friend now. Okay. Or charge them maybe half price. Girl. And it's like, no, I'm actually, I need the money. Okay, because this is what I do. And I, I don't this do this is for free. My, this is my occupation. Okay. This is my occupation. Yeah, I just feel like, boy, how you going to ask me to do some shit? If it's not mine, then yeah, I got to pay for it. Okay. Like, simple as that. If it's not mine, then it needs to be paid for. Like, I don't know what they talking about. I want to get into... This whole thing that's going on with Jackie and Brooke Bailey. So, um, in in the whole reality show realm, let's talk about Basketball Wives. Both of these ladies are on Basketball Wives. Jackie Christie is an original member. She's been on there for about maybe 10 plus years. She considers herself like a veteran member, almost like she called, what she calls herself, the mother of this pack. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Shawnee out there, Evelyn, they're like, none of those OG girls are there except for Jackie. Mm-hmm. Um... So what happened with Brooke Bailey is, unfortunately, she lost her daughter a couple of months ago. Let's say around September, November. Um, She lost her child. And the reunion for the show just happened. And during the reunion, Brooke Bailey brought up that she felt that Jackie wasn't a great friend. Because when her daughter died, she felt that Jackie didn't do enough to... um, to, to eulogize the death of her daughter with her. Mm-hmm. And um, it ended up coming out that, like, Jackie did text her. She did kind of try to reach out. But maybe with um, everything being so fresh and how everything was, Brooke really wasn't in the space to occupy or hold conversation with with, mm-hmm. with Jackie. She was just kind of like, thanks for hitting me up. Yeah. Um, so it just makes me think, like, you know, the whole conversation really came up because Jackie was saying that she feels like she's a good friend, she's there for everybody, and Brooke said she's not. So then it made me think, like, what are these obligations in friendship? Like, especially when it comes to, I guess, serious life events. Like, you know, how do you categorize your friends to be there for things like that? 
I think that, you know, um, with this situation, that's how I confused with this whole reality stuff because their friends should be confusing. Girl, you know what I'm saying? Right. One minute they are best friends, and I think that it is all about expectations because Jackie did say she texts like a close family member because obviously when someone is going through stuff, you know, the main person like is probably not really respond to text. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you know what? I'm going to text your sister. Please relay the mission, the message yeah. that I reach out. Yeah. But I think one of the main thing is that I guess she had high expectations for Jackie. You know what I'm and, saying? And yeah. And that, you know, Jackie also did not show up to the funeral. And she said that she took her time to, you know, do the, what was it, the, the table setting, yeah. the name, whatever. And then for you to know everyone show up and stuff, acting like you were. Like, you know, that was annoying. But it boils down to knowing the type of friendship that you have. Yeah. And a lot of times it's like, yes, we may both be in agreement that we are friends, but we may not be in, in agreement that we are this type of friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know we're friends. We know we're cool. We're each other girls. But to me, I'm like, girl, you might, you, you, like, you my close friend. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, to you, you probably like, you know, I'm just your goof. I'm just your friend. I think my new rule of thumb in, thing, in situations like that is to really just follow my instinct on the friendship. Mm-hmm. I think that for so long in my life, I felt that I wanted to, I don't know, maybe prove I was a good friend, a good person. I don't mm-hmm. know what it was, but I felt like I overexerted myself mm-hmm. to be there for people. And when situations of equal or lesser magnitude came up, I felt that I wasn't supported in the same way. Mm-hmm. So with this, it kind of just makes me feel like, you know, I feel like if Jackie and Brooke were that close of friends, it would have come naturally to her. To yeah. be there for Brooke. Yeah. You know, like, Brooke and, and Nicki Minaj are really good friends. Mm-hmm. They're always together. They got whatever. So, I mean, she didn't speak on how Nicki handled that for her, but I just feel like with their friendship, whatever support Nicki would have offered would have come naturally. I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, And you know what? You know, sometimes it becomes not... I don't know, because, you know, I am in a situation where, like, a friend of mine had a baby a month ago, but I've not gone to see her baby. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? And a part of me definitely feels shitty about it, because I'm just like, damn, I've not gone to see her baby yet. But she lives, like, about... minutes away? No, about an hour away. Oh, true, because, yeah. Yeah, she lives an hour away. And then, you know, I'm also going some things, going through some things with my son and maybe changing daycares, things like that. So I'm also packed as well with my child and things that I'm going through as well. Now, like, if it was you that had a baby, like, bitch, I ain't finna, like, think twice about it, girl. I'm finna be in the, I'm gonna be in the living room. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, and other friends, I'm like, you know, I'll make extra effort and things like that. But it's just like, I do feel bad, you know, but sometimes just like, I know I'm going to go to the baby. I know regardless, I'm going to have to set time to go to the baby. So I am. I'm not going to wait till baby's like six months or a year before I see the baby. Um, but it's also just that line of just like that, you know, like, okay, what type of friends we are. And then also, you know, how does she feel? Will she take offense? Okay. You know, that, oh, damn, Erica hasn't come and I've had my baby over a month. You know what I'm saying? But then, you know, when she had her first child, I did go see her baby, I think before her baby was a month. You know what I'm saying? Even though it was, I went to see her baby a little bit earlier, but I didn't have a child. It was different back then. She yeah. lived in the city. I think we were like maybe 30 minutes or 25 minutes away from each other. Yeah, life is different. I think that if, as friends, we can't give each other grace in those yeah. moments, then it proves my point. We're not mm-hmm. that close. You know, like, we're just not, I mean... As you said, I guess with me and you, I would be like, bitch, you ain't seen my baby. Like, like bitch, come on. Now, you better bring the mom, baby. I'd be like, that's your godchild. You ain't seen your baby. Oh, I'm finna be the godparent. Whoa, review. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but also on the other side too, we've discussed how we had a friend who did celebrate her birthday, and we were not invited to the birthday, and it was kind of like, gang, gang. well, damn. You know what I'm saying? It was. It did feel like, oh, okay, bitch. I guess I ain't your friend like that. And at that moment, I understood the friendship fully. Right. Right. You know, I think that that's the thing too. It's like sometimes these moments of real situations or or significant situations allow you to understand the nature of the friendship. Mm-hmm. So with Brooke and Jackie, I just feel like Brooke really, maybe she considered Jackie a true friend, a mm-hmm. uh, ride or die, a supportive. But what she needs to understand is like Jackie is a thorough friend in this scenario. Mm. Like whenever we're in Basketball Wives, I'm her fave. Right, in real life. And that's something too. Reality, like, let's be real. Like, y'all might be friends on the show, but y'all know when the camera is like cut, it's not on. Y'all don't hit each other up. Y'all don't hang out outside of the shooting shooting times. Yeah. You know, and and it does does suck. And I think also because that's such a tragic moment, too. You know, and a lot of times, even as Jackie said, it's like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to reach out. And a lot of times when that I don't know comes into places like because maybe we're just not even fully there as friends. Because I think even in general, when someone loses, if it's a tragic thing. Of course, everyone doesn't. Nobody knows what to say. Thanks. There's nothing you can say that could make me feel better for losing somebody Thanks. that I love. There's nothing you can say. But sometimes just your presence or just for me to hear from you. It, it does more than yeah, we know, sure. you know. But for you to be like, I just didn't even know if my presence would make a difference or if I should say something or not. It, t- it attests to the friendship, you know, yeah. that you are unsure of your place in a friendship. Yeah. If you even have a right or a place to be like, oh, let me I'm constantly so hit her up. You know, let me call her. Let me woo-woo. Let me whatever. Let me just show up. Because Brooke was like, even if you were just beside me and just stayed by my side, that would have been something. But Jackie probably feel like, I didn't know that. I, you if know. I call you and I'm getting your handler, then I'm not that close to you. Period. Because then you ain't giving me whatever line is direct as fuck to you. Exactly. Exactly. Not handler. <laughs> no, really, because that's what happened. Yeah. She was like, she got her handler. She answered it. She took a message, her assistant, whatever, and it was just like... You, you know, like, oh, if it is so distant that when I call you for something that's egregious, I don't even have a way to contact you directly, mm-hmm. then you expecting too much from me. Exactly. Exactly. Friendships be weird and awkward, man. Friendships are so weird. Um, woo, child, let's get to the nitty gritty. I've been waiting to discuss this episode. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting, Lord. So, while I was away... I saw this conversation. So Ebony K. Williams, who is a lawyer, a podcaster, and entertain an entertainer, um, met with Ayala Van Zandt, right? Ayala Van Zandt was on the Breakfast Club maybe a couple of weeks ago, and she made a statement basically saying that black women are too caught up in the masculine, that we do not get to live in our feminine enough. Okay. Right. So, Ebony K. Williams brings Ayala on her podcast, Holding Court with Ebony K. Williams. And she asks her, like, you know, Sister Ayala, I heard your statements, and I want to ask you, what are things that we as black women could do to um, make sure we're exerting more feminine feminine energy? Mm-hmm. And to that, Ayala's next statement was, would you date a bus driver? <laughs> and that statement has really resounded around social media. 
And I, and I want to take this time to ask you, Erica, would you date a bus driver? Hell to the no, no, no. Even at this status. No, what do you mean? What's wrong with my status? <laughs> Is my status of that of a bus driver? Please don't insult me. Don't insult me. No, I was insulted. Don't take it there. I was insulted. As but she said, if he owns the bus. If he owns the bus. You know what I'm saying? He got a couple of buses. Yeah. Maybe a truck driver. I mean, because truck drivers do make money. For real. Well, I, the only reason I wouldn't date a truck that driver lifestyle. is because I want my man With here. Me. Exactly. For I real. I don't like that lifestyle. But like a, a, a CTA. But I mean, I guess CTA, but they have good benefits and they, they can make up to like 50 to 60K. But. In theory. <laughs> but I just think that like, you know, when I saw all of this, there were so many conversations. So while we're here. Let's start with what I did, a bus driver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that for me, it, let me put all of this in context before I get dragged. I'm 29. When I date, I'm in the age range of obviously 32, 34, 35. And... Wait, so your age range is 34 to 35? Yeah. Well, that's one year past. What's that age range? Between thirty, no, between thirty and thirty-five. I'm oh, I thought I'm like, what? Well, there's no range between that. Between thirty and thirty-five. Okay. Um, and if I was to date, let's say, a thirty-four-year-old, and he was a bus driver, in my mind, I would think, is this the the highest level of ambition that you had? At okay. This age? Because for me, yeah, bus drivers have benefits; they have all that shit. But I feel like when you get into careers like that. Um, it's it's the best of a certain type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Typically, you went to college, it wasn't a good degree, you didn't do anything to further your post-graduate life. Yep. You ain't get a master's, you ain't do a program, you ain't do nothing. You just went to school, you were happy with that, you were content. Or you maybe dropped out or whatever and you became a bus driver. I think that is the top of a certain type of lifestyle. Yeah. And I think that it's unfair to make people feel like they are bougie or they don't relate to you anymore because that they they acknowledge that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what I did, a bus driver, I do agree if he owned the bus. Yeah, and I think especially for someone of her status that is an attorney, okay? She's a lawyer. She, you know, she is a reality star. She's okay. a media personality. She's somebody. What is she going to have in common with, with a someone bus driver. who's a bus driver? Even someone that's a bus driver would not be able to handle her lifestyle or even feel comfortable to be a man to that type of woman. So it's not a bogus thing, you know what I mean? But, you know, to be honest, I also have to check myself because, okay, right now, I'm a hairstylist. That's what that's what I do. I'm a mm. lactician. And I'm just like, and I'm a lactician that works from home. I'm not mm. a, a salon owner yet. Yeah. So I, I, I'm realistic with the sense that some men might be like, oh, she a hairstylist and she do hair from her home. Um, that's not something I'm going that's for. That's not something I'm going for. And yeah. I can't take offense to that. Now, nigga, yeah. you feel that way, that's your loss, yeah. okay, because that's the tough conversation I have so in myself. A lot more. And because, exactly, and I know because I am going to be a multiple salon owner in years Amen. to come, that's going to happen. But I have to be real with that. Like, if by any chance I do meet, uh, you know, and, you know, again, also typically with men, men don't really care so much about women's um, profession as much as, you know, we women are about men yeah. you know what I'm saying because naturally as men they're the protector they're, pro- they're pro- the provider they're the head they're the this so it's like 
I, I'm the breadwinner anyway, so I don't care what. Even if you're a doctor, I don't care. Shit, you've been a doctor. I want you to quit a, quit your job and be a housewife. You know, because a lot of men do think that way. But as women, especially just looking to men as leaders, again, not saying you're a bus driver, you cannot be a leader. But a lot of times with men, it, you know, their ego goes in hand with their profession too. It goes yes. in hand with their bread, with their money in their pocket. You yes. know what I'm saying? So a bus driver that's only making maybe 50K, Ebony that's probably making... 250k a year his ego is aligned with that and he's gonna feel inferior he cannot handle it and a woman for status cannot handle a man that cannot handle it either she's not about to belittle herself or down herself to try to cater to his emotions and ego you know what i'm saying that we need to be real about that that type of shit too you know what i'm saying so even on my state because that's something i be seeing now can i do a blue collar walker yes i can because I mean, at this point, I'm not in corporate America either anymore. Yeah. So I can't. I am defined as the blue, blue collar walker, but it it depends on what is the blue collar. Is it navy blue? Is it baby blue? <laughs> what is the blue? Hell no. It is the label. It, it, it depends. Like, are you a, a you know mechanical engineer? Why not? So if you're a mechanic, you're in a mechanic shop. Maybe I don't mind. If you can take care employees. of me. And my support, my habits, okay. and we can have a good family dynamic. I will date you. I don't give a fuck what you do. But if you can click, if you can support me, and you can make sure that we live a comfortable life with you, me, and our children, mm-hmm. I don't. I literally do not give a and fuck. And your ego is okay. Okay, you be cutting grass. You could be so selling, can you, selling plates. I don't give a so damn. So can you date a, bl- a blue collar worker? I for sure can. Okay. However, comma. I think that for Ebony K. Williams to be dragged for the idea of she would not date a bus driver unless he owned the bus is ridiculous. Period. Because we do not, like, at the end of the day, Ebony K. Williams is probably making 600 k and that's me being... Exactly. That's me just being like, Jenny, whatever. Yeah, exactly. She she probably making 600 k a year. If not a million. If not a million. Mm-hmm. If not touching. Because she's, she's on the Breakfast Club now, she's too. A pra- no, she's not on the Breakfast Club. She, oh, she's she not? She did a little guest episode, and we'll but get she to that. But she ain't getting paid for that? No, you don't get paid for those. Oh, movies. really? Because I feel but like she's But she has a podcast under the Black Effect okay. podcast. Okay. She has a book. She's a um, real housewife. She is a real housewife. Mm-hmm. She is also a practicing lawyer. Mm-hmm. So, and she has her own. She has her own shit. She makes close to a million. She makes. She 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 probably. That's what I'm saying. At least five hundred k. Six hundred k is being generous mm-hmm. of like whatever. She that's probably what she makes. And I just feel like why would she just say I'm gonna date somebody that's making fifty sixty a k? Like why why would Ayala even ask her that question? Exactly. Honestly, why the fuck would Ayanna even say, would you date a bus driver? She what did I do said, when I'm saying? So I feel like an, a good example of that would be like, you know, Candy Burst and Todd. Okay. That one makes more sense. You know, Candy, as, you know, former Escape member, R&B star, whatever, a real housewife. She has a sex store company. So she's big. She's, she makes a lot of money. Yeah. But Todd is a TV producer. Facts. Right, so he doesn't make as much as she does, but he makes six figures. Okay, okay, so it's just like okay, with that situation, it makes sense. Like even though I make more than you in our profession, but we are still in the same line of profession. Okay, you are still in media. You are also making six figures, you're, and you're doing and then, your own. And thing. then it's like okay, as a man, you confident, you're okay. You don't feel belittled by that. I mean, I feel like for a minute he did feel a, a tad bit belittled. Only with the for whole, my mama. Only yeah, for my mama. Especially also signing the what do they call it. Prenup. The prenup, because he look, he didn't want, he didn't sign it till like a day before the wedding. Okay. He didn't want to sign that. But I feel like with that situation, I mean, there's definitely gap in wages. But you know, it, it's still kind of aligns. It's like he's it's making money. He's not making as much as I am, but he's able to take care of me, my family, and whatever. Because I think for like me, if she quits, he's okay. For women, it's always going to be this. 
As a man, you're going to want children. Most of the time. Most of the time, men want somebody to continue their legacy, whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck. That immediately means I'm going to be out for the count for at least a year for pregnancy. But let's say... At least a year. At least a year for pregnancy. But let's say you got it where I don't have to go immediately back to work. I can acclimate our child to... Being with other people, being being having mm-hmm. another caregiver, whatever the situation. If if we're talking ideal, the whole ordeal of childbirth is a two to three year process. Mm-hmm. If we're talking ideal, facts. And I need a man that can handle that. Mm-hmm. Facts. Mm-hmm. No woman wants to be forced to go back to work six weeks after I push a child. A girl, okay. And if as a man, you is a man, it is a necessity for me to have to go back to work because we cannot afford our child. If I don't, nobody wants to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that men have to understand that level of wanting that level of security. Mm-hmm. Anything can fucking happen. Period. For me being paralyzed to getting epidural to have your child, mm-hmm. to me having the child and I lose my life, mm-hmm. to me having this, like anything can happen, God forbid. So we look for that security. So I'm sorry if you driving a bus doesn't make me feel secure in that, especially if you asking me off the whim. Because that, that's the thing, too, I didn't like. Obviously, as men and women, I, I say this all the time. What's wrong with this generation is there's a lot of us who are in these serious relationships and we don't even like our partners. Mm. Once you love somebody, honestly and truly, no matter what, you going to make sure you're giving them the best. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes and says, yo, I want to be with a bus driver. Mm-hmm. Nobody says that. But if I fall in love with this man and oh, he's a bus driver, I'm gonna love my man. Period. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be back at the, at the, at the, behind the bus too. Then okay, and we gonna figure gonna out be a, a way passenger. to advance I'm from in his that. business. Yeah, we're gonna figure out a way to advance. But you know, I think that, the, that a lot of time when we have these conversations with black men and black women, we don't talk enough about the outliers. Mm-hmm. And I really want to take this moment to go into what Ebony K. Williams said after that. Mm-hmm. So she did get a lot of backlash from her saying that, you know, she would not date the bus driver. And she doubled down. And in her comments and doubling down, what she said was that a lot of people making these comments were the same black people who got C's and D's in school. And their mamas and daddies coddled them and said, we proud of you and all of that. And a lot of people were offended. Mm-hmm. So much that when she went on The Breakfast Club with DJ MV, um, Mandy and Weezy from Horrible Decisions were hosting that day, as well as Charlamagne, obviously. It was a lot. Like, it was a lot of you're shitting on black people, you don't want good for black people. And a lot of the conversation geared towards her using the phrase of average, typical. Mediocre. And, and us living in this bigotry of, what was it, bigotry of expectations? What was it? it it's an academic term. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look it up. But I remember I said specific mediocre, and we, we accepted mediocre as and, the normal thing. And that was the sentiment of everything she was saying. So I really do want to talk about that because I agree. I agree that as black people, we accept mediocre as like our baseline. We do because I get it. Slavery, we, we, I get it that we have been given the shorthand. We get it that we are being prejudged 24-7, even simply because of our names. We're not given opportunities, whatever, whatever. That's all fact. She even said her mama was a bus driver. Okay. We get it. But even you as a teacher, I remember you, I remember you telling me countless stories of how 
parents cuddled the two the second graders and doing their homework for themselves and you know and not you know and i feel like this time we're like okay no we need to fill this kid because this kid ain't doing right but like no let's just push them along and they get to high school and this two reading at third grade level okay you know what i'm saying and it's like yes we definitely do accept med- mediocrity pretty like that's what we right. do we accept it we make a way for it. we make a and i think that for people the way especially people- for men we do the boy people were getting so mad at Ebony. I just was like, this is the issue. Mm-hmm. We are so, like, she really made a lot of great points, especially in that Breakfast Club interview about, like, what one thing she said that really stuck out to me was that people were like, oh, she's shitting on black people. She's not accepting or making a way for these blue-collar workers. And she was like, part, I believe in the advancement of black people. That mm-hmm. is my mission on this earth. The advancement of blackness. And I think part of what we miss as black people to be able to advance us is to acknowledge the issues that we have. And we don't want to talk about the fact. One thing that I really hate is this new age notion of that black people don't have to go to school. Okay. It bugs me to like no end. Because I feel like School and education and college is not just degrees and certificates. Like, yes, that's what you get. It helps you. It advances you. However, I feel like there's so much that comes with having gone to school or being educated. It's like you can have conversations in different spaces. You have a different network. There is so much attached to you. Like, I just just feel like we're missing that as black people. Absolutely. We're missing network. We are, and people, we don't realize how important that is. I think I mentioned how I, I had a client that's 23 years old, and he didn't know he could still go to college. Yeah. And I was just like, how do you not know that you could still go to college? How is it that no one told you that you can still, still go to college? And, like, boy, you better go enroll in college right now. And even certain conversations I have with certain people, you could just tell, like, college is, you know, we get it as, you know, sometimes we say college is a scam. I mean, to the extent, mean, extent, yeah. extent, yes, I feel like the price of college is what makes it a scam because yes. college should not be that expensive. You know what I'm saying? And that's why people say it's a scam. And the fact that, oh, getting a job is so hard. But college introduces you to, to so many cultures, so, so many environments, different networks, you know what I'm saying? Different ways of life, different spaces, you know, different skills that you will learn. Um, okay. You know what I'm saying? And that's important. I, I, Everything she said is valid, and I think that it's hard to hear. I don't think she discredited or took away from bus drivers. If you're a bus no. driver, yes, we do need essential workers in our community. No matter what, we do need a community where, like, and that's just what it is. It's always going to be the rich, the middle class, upper middle class, lower class. That's just how the way of the society is. No one is taken away from the point because guess what? A bus driver going to find him a partner. A bus yes. driver going to find him another bus driver, or whether it's a McDonald's worker or a hairstylist or whatever, or a nurse. He going to find him his own partner. I definitely think this is a conversation about living within your wage. Okay. And living with people that you love. Because I'm telling you, me as a as I consider myself a professional woman, um, when when I'm in love... I don't love some men that y'all yeah, think you be saying you don't love. think about the money. It's like, listen, I have loved men that y'all wouldn't think I would love. Damn, you love I a janitor? I, when you say it like that, no. But you never know. I've been in love with men. And it's like, ooh, no, this, ooh. Like this was going on in your life. This don't do nothing for me essentially. Mm. And um, but I still love you. You sound like, like you still in love, girl. 
Nah, don't put that on me. I'm just saying, like, I've loved people, and it's like, this doesn't serve me, but I'm just in love. Right, right. You know? And as women, that's what we do. Yeah. We, we, you know, we, we need, I don't know, that media, you know, that whole conversation just really negated the fact that, like, as you said, like, if she found a decent ass man, and it's not in the setting of, like, he wearing the bus driver uniform, and it's like, it's just at a restaurant, they just met. And they just had a good conversation. Yeah. And it just kept going and going. And she's and like, you like him? And it's like, oh, shit, I like him. Oh, what do you do for a living? I'm, I'm a, a bus, bus driver. driver. You ain't going to break up with him. We all she, know that. You know, she may think about it. And you know, they, they used it against her because they brought up her ex. They white. You know, her ex was a white man who, during COVID, you know, left her to oh, go he, spend time. Oh, that man was a white man that did that? Yeah. So he left her to go spend time with his grown adult children. Right. And with that, she was like, you know, I get it. Like, as a parent, you know, she gets, she's not a parent, but she's like, I'm not a parent, but I get it as a parent, you want to be with your kids. It's COVID. Hex. But then again, this are adult kids. This are not like, oh, they're not teenagers. They're not, you know, yeah. you know, middle school age. They're grown adults that probably got their own boyfriends and girlfriends as well. You know, so for you to leave me that I'm your fiance to be with them, if anything, okay, include me in it. Let's see, tell me that we all going. We all moving. Or they'll bring, yeah. they'll bring them to the house. Yeah. Um. So they were like, well, see, you went with a white man. He didn't even want you. And you saying this about your black people. It's like, girl, come on. This is why she can't find this a black woman because this is how the way y'all think. And it's really sad because I think about that for women like Ebony K. Williams. Like, Ebony K. Williams is beautiful. Beautiful. She's in different networks from law to being an AKA to being in media. Like, she has all of this access to different mm-hmm. types of men. And to think that, yeah, she hasn't been able to find a man that fulfills everything that she needs, it's sad. It is. It's, it's concerning. Mm-hmm. For not like I'm concerned for her per se, but like, damn, is this what it's like for a professional woman? I'm not gonna lie, I'm still bougie because I'm just like I, I I have a college degree from a good university. I worked in corporate America. I had a guy who fixed my um my bed. My I ordered like a new headboard, bed frame, whatever, and he wasn't bad looking. He actually wasn't bad looking. Okay, but I was just like, mm, this job you're doing. Mm. It can't pay for what I want in life. And I ain't gonna lie, I didn't even tip him, not intentionally, but because I was, I had to like rush out to leave and go somewhere else because he was kind of running late on what he was doing. I'm just like, mm. damn, I'm just, you look, you gotta rely on tip a little bit too. I'm like, mm, you know, like, yeah. It's like, look, mm. I want more for myself mm. and part of wanting more for myself is being, like, that's one of the few things we have as a woman. Okay. Sorry to say, but it is one of the few things yeah, we have Yeah, make as a more woman. than me. To be able to have a child with somebody that could be more. Because at the end of the day, I'm adding to your family tree. When I have a child, it don't get added your, to my family. Exactly, exactly. It get added to your family tree. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, nigga, like, help me out. Make me. Dude, I'm like, let me look at my dating history. What kind of men have I dated? Mm, yeah, I just don't fit. Now, I'm not saying I'm not open to it, but own the, like, if you own a moving truck company, not bad, okay? If you own the, 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 the um, furniture company, okay, so, or like, some. or like you're on your way to owning it. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, as women, we we see potential. We fall in love with potential. Girl. You know what I'm saying? We nurture potential so much that it doesn't even become into reality. It doesn't become anything. You know? Okay. So that's something I'm also trying to check myself. Like I see so much potential in this man, this man, da, 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 but it's just like. If this nigga don't see the potential and he not working towards the potential, I ain't, I'm seeing look, the, 
Ain't no potential. Ain't no potential. It, it's not there. So Ebony, I pray, I really do pray that she finds. I pray that she's not one of those women that you're like, oh my God, she's beautiful. She has all these credentials. Okay. She's rich. She's this and that. She has a great personality. Why doesn't she have a man? Because that's what it's giving. You know? That is what it's giving. And it's just like, man, get your shit together for Ebony. Mm-hmm. Stop being brush drivers. Yeah. Yeah, the bogus. All right. Um, let's go to our next segment. All right, so our next segment today is we are going to talk about Jack. Uh, I'm sorry, we're going to talk about Olodo. <laughs> so basically, it's the Olodo of the week, and we're going to let Dami drop the beat. An Olodo, somebody who is a dumbass, stupid, makes poor decisions, comparable to a donkey. So the Olodo is Dawn Neesom, okay? She is a journalist in London, and she has a show where she invited British Nigerian lawyer and political activist Dr. Shola Mos Shogbamimu to the show, and basically she could not pronounce Dr. Shola's name. And Dr. Shola was like, Girl, try. She literally was like, "Go, girl, try." You know, um, and she said, "Okay, it's fine. I got, doc- I got, I got the Shala right. I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna try for the last name." But Doctor Shala was like, "No, you, got, you know." She said, "You could pronounce other, you know, hard Russian yeah. and last names and stuff." But Shala, you know, Shubamimu, you like just try. And I think even with white people, is a lack of trying. That makes it annoying. Because even with me, too, when people see my last name, I literally just be like, it's so easy. Like you, you're just so intimidated by the long letters. It's like, motherfucker, just try and say the word. It words. really don't even be that It's not even be that hard. Um, so for me, also, not just because of that, but as a journalist, you should know who the fuck you bring in into the show. Yeah, you should have practiced that. You sh- no, you should have. No matter how hard it is, it, no one... She wasn't expecting to say it in the same dialect, right? The same tonation, the same whatever. But at least know how to just say her name, period. So as a journalist, that's completely a load of stuff. To never be prepared. And you can tell she's just so flustered. And she was just giving up so quickly. It just attests to, you know. It wasn't cute. How white people are. So because of that. It wasn't cute at all. It definitely was given like, you don't care. You don't care. And it was just so dismissive. Like, I got the show, all right. Let's keep moving. Let's go to the next part. You know, like, you are here on the show. And, you know, Dr. Shola was like, no, ma'am. Okay. You, you better respect my okay. name. Okay. She was like, no, say it again. Okay. Yeah. She, Try it for next said Read it. No, because that's what it'd be. It'd be like, it's vowels and consonants. Try. It's I'm letters. Like, Yoruba, for, to be honest, Yoruba is a very phonetic. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as I don't speak your about, when I read it, I can read it. Yeah. Because it's phonetic. Yeah. It's like the letters sound how the letters are supposed to sound. It's the same letter. I feel like, it, is it, what language? I feel like, is it Irish or Dublin where, like, their letters do not sound like the letters that it looks like? You know what I'm saying? Where their last names be like, I thought it was ABCD. How oh, is really? it? I, you know, literally, how is it that we're pronouncing this ABCD as something else? You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, our black names be simple as hell. I get it, certain things, maybe maybe when G and B comes together, certain things, but just, like, put an effort to it. Like, put an effort to it, you know? So, she has your Ludo of the week. 
Okay, we 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 did that. Oh no, no. Rabata. All right, let's get into care for the culture. Mm-hmm. So the care for the culture this week is Miss Tiwa Savage. If you guys were not paying attention, Tiwa Savage, a Nigerian artist, basically the Nigerian Beyonce is what I like. Nah, hey, nah, you know she got beef with Beyonce now. I, I call it Nigerian Beyonce because that is definitely what she's giving. The Nigerian Beyonce was the first Nigerian artist to perform at a coronation. Mm-hmm. Um, the coronation of Prince Charles happened this week where Prince Charles has officially become King Charles okay. and Camilla has become Queen Camilla of England. So we saw a lot of that and part of that was a huge coronation ceremony that featured a lot of acts and Tiwa Savage was the first Nigerian act ever. Um, this is big especially because we know there's such a huge Nigerian population in London and this, I feel like this is the, the first time that they've been acknowledged as people of the country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's quite amazing. She looked beautiful. She did. Her dress, she wore green. That also represented Nigeria. Nigeria green, It was yes. also by a Nigerian designer yes. as well. Yes. Um, even the song, too, it had some Yoruba lyrics to it as well. And our people are not uh, people are not really happy about the song. You know, what was the name of the song? It was from Keys the Black the King. King. Okay. The Blackest King album with Beyonce, and people are like, okay, the song doesn't relate, but it, it kind of makes sense, you know. But hey, she sang her ass off. I also forget how well of a singer she is, too. Yeah. Like, she can't sing. Because, you know, we hear all this, like, Afrobeats. Sometimes Afrobeats takes away, like, from their voice. Yeah. Because it's so much beats. It's so much rhythm. Yeah, it's, it's so much, it's, you know what I'm saying? Even when she did a song with Asha Kes, like, we know, like, oh, she goes with the tune, but, like, Oh, she does have a melodic, sweet voice. Okay. She was a, a background singer for Mary J. Blige. And Beyonce. For, really? Yeah. A background singer for yeah. Beyonce? During no single, way. During Single Ladies era. Wow. I did not know that. I know I knew for other artists, but I did not. Because, you know, she also, I think she was in um, British God Talent. You know, and that's also what also popped her career. Um, so the girl could sing. She is talented, and this is just great for our nation, you know. Yeah. Um, and another thing I want to say, people are like, you know, you know the effect that the British had on Nigeria, you know, and it's just like I get that part, but we gotta pick our battles. Okay, which, which one do we want to do? You because can, if you you're can be a history maker, you can hold on to history. What you want to do? Period. Let's you know, and we're not saying forget about history. We're not saying let you know white people take advantage of us, but just like me, even being in this space right here that I I would have never been allowed to be. It's in, eradicating that. That is power. And that's yeah. opening doors for others where we could now make major change because okay. now a foot is inside this door already. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Where this will not be the history anymore. So that is definitely care for the culture. She definitely took her pride. She did not like pay attention to the critiques. Yes. Love it for her. Shout out to T.Y. I think T.Y. really strong, like really has put Nigerian music on a map in a different way. She has. She's definitely, like, Beyonce of Nigeria. That's a top Nigeria. female artist, too. She's the Beyonce of Nigeria. Like, she may not be Beyonce, Beyonce, but she is literally the Beyonce of Nigeria. I agree. So, like, and I give that to her. She does everything. And I love her sleeve tattoo. She's mm-hmm. the only person who's sleeve tattoo. I'm like, okay, go sleeve. She look good. She look good. And I love she say even sex tip is not going to mess up my life. Man. I forgot about that shit. That's how Girl, she was. Like, sex Sex tape le baye mi je. Okay, it cannot mess up my life. And so, okay. And it wasn't even no explicit Pamela Anderson type of sex tape. It was some Snapchat little like. It was like you sucking my titties and so. Oh, okay, we all do it. 
We all do I crave it. What up? Okay. <laughs> Mine was just exposed and keep and, it moving. I'm still a star. And what? Okay. And y'all wanted to watch it. Period. Okay. But anyway, that's pretty much it. Anything else that you would like to add before we end it? Um, I have a dummyism. Oh, that's what we're naming it now. Dummyism. It's not what we're naming it, but it's I guess what I thought of. I like that. Um, you know, guys, one of my favorite TV shows ever is a different world. And in part of a different world, there was a phrase, relax, relate, release. Mm. And I live by that almost because I think that that is so important in life. As I'm coming off of this vacation and things have been whatever, life has been life in, everything is everything. Relax, relate, release speaks to me. Mm -hmm. it, rely, it reminds me to bring my shoulders down. It reminds me relax to bring that, jaws. relax my jaw. Um, relax, being, enjoy the moments around you. Don't stress everything. Relate, being that understanding that you are not in this journey of life alone. Everybody is going through the same shit in a different mm, way. Mm. And release the things that you cannot control. Don't mm -hmm. allow to consume you. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. So um, I urge everybody to also live in relax, relate, release. Absolutely. Absolutely like that. I, I like that. I like that. Um, my word, my I said word of the week. My quote of the week. Um, I feel like we talked about options a lot. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's quite simply it says you have as many options as you give yourself. I love that. So whatever status class you feel like you in, options you feel like you have access to, is also what is up to you. What you define Thanks. it to be. If you feel like you that bad bitch and you have hella motherfuckers, whatever you top tier. That's what you're going to get. So you have as much options as you give yourself. Don't limit yourself now. Okay? Okay. Don't limit yourself. You're the top tier. Men, women, whatever. You're a top tier for listening to this podcast. Period. <laughs> you listen to podcasts, you're a top tier. Okay? You that bitch. Period. Or that, mm, you know. Um, or that day. Okay? So thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. Continue to share this podcast. And this is Cross Culture. I'm a little girl. Somebody who is a dumbass. Stupid. Makes me. Hey, it is Erica Mona. It's Damia. And this is Cross Culture. You know how we like to start.